This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Welcome to Mom and Dad are Fighting, Slate's parenting podcast for Thursday, May 25th. The Tooth Fairy Troubles edition. I'm Zach Rosen. I make another podcast. It's called The Best Advice Show. And I'm dad to five-year-old Noah and two-year-old Ami. We live in Detroit. I'm Jamila Lemieux. I'm a writer, contributor to Slate's Care and Feeding Parenting column, and mom to Naima, who is 10, and we live in Los Angeles. Today on the show, we've got an interesting question from a parent who doesn't mind most kid traditions, but just can't seem to get on board with the Tooth Fairy. We're also going to touch base on our week in parenting, and if you're sticking around for Slate Plus, we'll discuss whether school-age kids really need to have their phones on them 24-7. Kids will still find ways to organize fights and pick on each other and be messy, as they did when we were in school before cell phones were so rampant, you know, but it's forcing them to talk to each other, you know, I mean... You have the ride home, you have when you get home to be on your phone, you know, and interact with kids that way. I think that face-to-face time is so important. And I love the idea of these kids getting it back. Yeah. And so if Naima's school comes out with this rule that you cannot bring phones, you're cool with it? I'm totally cool with it. I love it. Yeah, me too. I think it's great. Not only will you get to hear that fun segment, but as a Slate Plus member, you'll get a whole bonus segment every week. Plus, you get to listen to all your favorite Slate podcasts ad-free. It's truly the best way to listen and the best way to support our show. You can sign up for Slate Plus now at slate.com slash momandadplus. All right, we're going to jump into triumphs and fails as soon as we get back from this break. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. Jamila, what's going on with you? Well, I have an update on the friend crisis from last week. Yes. 
the saga unfolds. Yes. As I mentioned last week, Naima and one of her friends got into it in after school, and it was a big thing. And the girl told Naima she didn't want to be friends anymore, and Naima was heartbroken. Uh, It went on for about a week. Um, The Mm, little girl mm. continued with her not speaking to Naima, not wanting to talk to her. But finally, the other day, they were in line together, and she apologized to Naima. She said her feelings had just been really hurt, Mm. and she wanted to be friends again. So now they are all good. Oh, good. How did that make you feel when you got that news? So relieved. So relieved. Every day I had been stressing out about it, and, Mm -hmm. you know, I was just waiting for it to turn around, and it did. So I'm glad. I knew it would, but it, it took some time. You made that early intervention of reaching out to the girl's mom. Was that the last? Was that the first and last thing you did to to get involved? Yes. Uh-huh. And then last last week when we spoke, it had just been like a day and you were kind of eagerly waiting for things to get better as as we're, as as all of us were. Um what did you notice about like the rest of that week when you were kind of in that waiting game? Did the resentment increase, decrease? You know, so we did talk, the four of us, um, on, I think, Thursday and try to see, you know, if the girls could, or maybe it was, actually might have been on Tuesday after dance, you know, we tried to get them to, you know, shake hands and make up. And the other little girl was just really hesitant. You know, she didn't want to talk to Naima. She didn't want to deal with her. And Naima was hurt by it. You know, she cried a few more tears. And then the next stage was anger. She changed the girl's name in her phone to Lying Rat. Oh, my gosh. Was it first yeah. name Lying, last name Rat? or what? Yes. Okay. Yes. But, uh, you know, she seemed okay. That was my concern. You know, mm-hmm. this was going to be taking over her mood and dominating her day. And when I saw that wasn't the case, I felt better. So I just kind of trusted that... The two of them would figure things out, and they spend so much time together. They're in this big school production this week. There's this massive school production going on. They've been practicing for months, and they're in that. They go to dance together. They go to after school together. So they're constantly around each other. It sounds like this person is, like, beyond you and um, Naima's dad, like, maybe the person that spends the most time with her in her life. She might be. This is a really big deal. Yeah. Yeah. You know, she sees her a lot. She's a grade younger, so they don't see each other all day at school, but they still okay. see each other at school. Okay. Wow. I'm glad that they patched things up. We'll see, you know? Yeah. Like, they're just getting back to being friends again, so we'll see, you know? And I wonder if Naeem will always kind of keep an eye on her, which is sort of what I want her to do. Like, just be mindful, you know, this mm-hmm. person has big feelings and mm-hmm. may surprise you. Mm-hmm. Good. Well... I'm I'm glad that things are back on track. That's truly a relief. I feel relieved and I'm not even involved. Yeah. Uh, what about you, Zach? What's going on this week? I feel like we made a breakthrough this week, Jamila. And I don't know if it's here to stay, but I hope it is. Noah um, and Ami have been proceeding in their lives at home with kind of reckless abandon when they both get home from school and reunite they are so excited and energized that they just kind of go nuts um they kind of just tear through the house and like the other day they ran up to ami's room and opened all of his dresser drawers and proceeded to take all of his clothes 
out and just throw them everywhere like freaking maniacs i didn't notice um like for a couple hours but when i did i was like this is not okay i'm fine that you two have fun together i'm i'm thrilled that you have fun together however you need to clean this up and you will not be able to um have your tv time tonight if you don't clean it up and there was like a ton of stuff um all of his clothes and i just assumed that like i mean ami's too young to really fold his clothes but noah is is nearly six and i assumed she would have a breakdown and just like ask me to help her which i probably would have done but i was surprised when she took it upon herself to just fold all of his clothes and it took her like it took her like an hour and a half um at a certain point i think she got really excited about the idea of doing it herself and and kind of proving me wrong she did it she she lived with the consequences and she proved that um she can uh, she can hold her own domestically and uh i haven't asked her since to put the clothes away but now that i'm telling you the story i feel like because I know that she can, maybe she should, because it really instilled some real uh, sense of accomplishment and responsibility in her. So I was I was delightfully surprised and um, just super impressed that she was steadfast enough to see see it all through. Because he's got a lot of clothes. That is really impressive. She had no entertainment. She just sat there and folded clothes. No, I even offered to put a podcast on. But she's like, no, nope, it's okay. Ami was sitting there keeping her company for part of it, but no, I think I think she just uh, you know treated it like a really new challenge, which which it was. That's very cool. Does Naima do any laundry yet? No. Yeah, I don't know if it was a flash in the pan moment where like I just got lucky, but I'm going to persist to see if she'll do that again. Um, but I'll keep you posted. Please do. Well, on that note, we're going to take another quick break. See you back here for our listener question. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Hey, listeners, whether you love true crime or comedies, celebrity interviews, news, or even motivational speakers, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue, right? And guess what? Now you can call the shots on your auto insurance, too. Enter the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. The Name Your Price tool puts you in charge of your auto insurance by working just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance. Then they'll show you a variety of coverages that fit within your budget, giving you options. Now, that's something you'll want to press play on. It's easy to start a quote, and you'll be able to choose the best option for you, fast. It's just one of the many ways you can save with Progressive Insurance. Quote today at Progressive.com to try the Name Your Price tool for yourself and join over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All over the country. We need to improve reading in Wisconsin. Schools are changing the way they teach reading. I'm calling for a renewed focus on literacy. We have gotten this wrong in New York and all across the nation. And it's happening because of a podcast. I think your podcast has changed my life. And I'm going to share this podcast with everyone I meet. Sold a Story investigates how teaching kids to read went wrong. New episodes of Sold a Story are available now. 
We're back and joined now by Willa Paskin, host of Slate's incredible podcast, Decoder Ring. They recently released a truly fascinating episode about the origins of the tooth fairy as a childhood ritual, its durability, and its remarkable resistance to commercialization. And it's great because Willa, we think, is the perfect person to help us answer today's question about the tooth fairy from our listener. And we're going to get into that. Willa, welcome. Hi. Hi, hi, hi. I'm excited to be here. <laughs> Hi, good. We're, we're so excited to have you. And before we get into the listener question, I just want to kind of wet the palate of listeners who have not yet listened to your uh, recent decodering episode. So just tell us a little bit about why why it is that the Tooth Fairy has resisted commercialization for so long. <laughs> well, it is. It's sort of um. so my, I have two girls who are six and eight. And um, mm-hmm. my husband came home one night actually from being out for drinks with a friend who's also a dad and he was like isn't it so weird (laughs) like the tooth fairy's still weird like isn't it weird that someone hasn't figured out how to like make a lot of money on the tooth fairy and as soon as he said it i was like that is weird and i you know what would be amazing if someone tried to do it i'm gonna google it in the morning (laughs) and then like I Google it, and lo and behold, if you Google commercialization of the Tooth Fairy, a whole story comes up that is part of the episode that we ended up doing, but not all of it. And it just seemed like it's such a low-hanging fruit, right? Like, what makes it so special that it could have resisted all of this? And I think uh, I think the answer um, is kind of that it's just so intimate and domestic, actually. Um, mm-hmm. And also that no one's come up with like a really good idea for it yet. Maybe no one's tried. Um, maybe the answer is that no one's tried. But one of the other answers, is, I think, is that, you know, it's like, it's such, um, it's so bespoke. It's like, mm-hmm. every family unlike, does unlike it. Unlike Santa, for instance. Yeah. Like we can picture and, Santa, but we can't all picture the same tooth fairy. And I, I think that there there is some, you know, alternate future or future for this world that we live in where someone figures out how to Santa the tooth fairy uh but it hasn't happened and that's so great yeah mm-hmm. I, th- I mean more i think of your tooth fairy reporting is going to come out as you help us answer this question so so let's go to the listener question okay great hi mom and dad my oldest is in kindergarten and last night she came into our room right after she brushed her teeth she opened her little mouth and started wiggling her bottom tooth is it terrible of me to say i've been dreading this day i typically don't mind little kid traditions santa sure that's fun Leprechauns playing pranks on St. Patrick's Day? Why not? But there's something that I just don't like about the Tooth Fairy. Even when I was little, I didn't like the idea of trading my bones for money. What was a little fairy going to do with my bones anyways? I'm not sure I wanted to know. Also, should I be adjusting for inflation? Do kids compare dollar amounts? Ugh. I'm not a night person, nor am I stealthy. I don't want to participate in this thing and then ruin it because I forgot to get the stupid tooth. Plus, I've got three kids. If they lose 20 teeth each, that's 60 nights. Am I being a Scrooge or is there a better way we can do this? Signed, Refusing My Wings. Tooth Fairy Scholar Willa Paskin, what do you say? <laughs> I was just say up front that like, I don't personally believe in Tooth Fairy inflation. And like mm-hmm. I got a dollar and my kids get a dollar and I sleep great at night about that. I'm like, it's cool. They're little. Just, just That's like a very small point. Yeah. Um, hmm. If you see guys seen, I saw this after the episode went up, but there's this Kimmy Schmidt bit from Titus Burgess where he 
talks about how teeth are bones outside of your face. Um, and it's incredible. And when you, maybe you can play it. Your teeth are bones that live outside. They hang from your lips like bats. Oh, outside bones, outside bones. Never forget teeth Okay. I think basically if you don't have ish with Santa Claus or the leprechauns of St. Patrick's Day, then... Um, probably like you just get over it and do the tooth fairy stuff. I mean, I don't think it's a big deal either way. And I think that there are people who have like reservations about lying to their children, for example. Um, And I think there's lots of things you can do uh, instead of having a tooth fairy. I think the thing that's sort of nice about a ritual of some kind around tooth losing is that I think it actually... um, like, I know my littlest, when she was losing her teeth, she actually was kind of, like, scared about it. It, it actually scared her a little because mm. it's true. Your bones don't just, like, fall out. Um, and it's not that the tooth fairy really helped her be less scared. But there was something about ritualizing it that felt it, that made me feel like um, there was going to be a path for making her, like, less freaked out. Um, and in the episode, I get at this, I think a lot of the rituals about this stuff are for us parents um it's Mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. the tooth losing is so keeping your kid very little by telling them this make-believe story even as they are physically in the act of growing up that's why they're losing their teeth um and i think that's part of the reason it's so poignant to us grown-ups but if it's not poignant to you you know i think like rituals are fun and it's nice to have family rituals and there's probably like a different version to do um, that maybe doesn't involve, you know, uh, money. Maybe it doesn't involve you having to remember to crawl in every not like every 60 nights uh, in your future. I think those are fine. I, I, you know, it's like that's also what's cool about the Tooth Fairy. Uh, it's really between you and your family. So no one's going to like give you a hard time. But it probably will come up. And so you should, you know, I mean, I tell my kids Santa's not real all the time. Um, because we're Jewish. <laughs> so mm. it's like, you can, you can do what Same. you want. That yeah. was, that was like a, was that an all over the place answer? No, I just feel great. like there's, That's yeah, great. there's just like no, I don't know. There are no rules, you know, there really aren't any rules. You don't mm-hmm. have to do it. What do you think, Jamila? I'm a tooth fairy, Santa Claus girl. You know, I think these are sweet rituals. Um, I mean, obviously if you're Jewish, I understand why you're not dealing with Santa Claus, but, um, as far as the tooth fairy goes, you know, it can just be a dollar. It doesn't have to be a lot of money. Some kids get more. It's fine. I think a dollar is still completely acceptable. I know you're not a night person, but I'm pretty sure your child goes to sleep earlier <laughs> than you. You know, this is not the hardest thing to do to slip a dollar under a kid's pillow. If you like, you all can maybe designate a place in the room, maybe on a nightstand instead of under the pillow. So you don't have to sneak under your child's body to get the money there. But I say, just go for it. It, you know, like it does help kids make peace with this weird thing that is happening to their faces, you know, where they're literally losing bones. You know, it is weird. It is a little creepy, Um, but this gives them something to look forward to. Also, you definitely don't have to do money if that's a the sticking point. You could do stickers. You could do 
what you know I mean you can do anything you want you can do a drawing mm-hmm. like yeah it doesn't it doesn't have to be the money um, and also, I would just say, as someone who has forgotten occasionally, like they're when they're little, like they're not that slick. Like you know, yep. you could just you come in in the morning and be like, "Oh, I think you just didn't look close enough." You know, like yep. they're very yep. the thing. The thing that I've been the most surprised about when I really thought about it, like thinking about the tooth fairy, is how much kids are participating in the belief like they are really wanting to believe for a long time and they will give you a lot of leeway uh to continue believing it's like a shared make-believe and so you know the tooth fairy could just be like oops accidentally dropped it over here look at that (laughs) there's there's the thing i forgot to put last night it'll work yeah and like you were saying willa this is a bespoke thing that we can make our own and therefore like make your own tradition of once you wake up in the morning, you know, uh, put your whatever, put the tooth under your cereal bowl. Like, you know, you can do something where you don't necessarily have to wake up in the middle of the night. In fact, uh, Elizabeth, our co-host, who's in Peru right now, her kid just lost a tooth. And the tradition that we learned in Peru is to throw your fallen tooth on the roof. So like, just do something that is more convenient for you and actually would probably be pretty fun for your kid to participate in if you don't want to do the the tradition, the American tradition um, under the pillow thing. Yeah, there's lots of those. Almost all cultures have some kind of tradition about it because it's it is actually like a, a thing that's happening <laughs> that's of note. What were some of your favorite international uh, tooth customs that you uncovered? Throwing your tooth on the roof is like the most um common that's not like a magical creature coming um to take your tooth which there you know we have the fairy and then in a lot of um spanish-speaking countries and sort of french countries too uh there's the tooth mouse el raton perez who is a cute little mouse who comes and takes your tooth there's Mm -hmm. buried there's a lot of teeth burial there's um there's you trade it with animals that have good teeth you know like the something that has strong teeth will take your tooth you can throw it in the sun you can throw it in the fire you know, there's lots of different different ways of thinking about it as like sort of this indestructible, destructible thing. Yeah. Jamila, what do you guys do at your house? Um, I Well, Naima is now post-Tooth Fairy. We had the conversation a couple months ago about Tooth Fairy and Santa. She confronted me with evidence and I folded. <laughs> I was like, okay, it's time to just be honest with you. But what I used to do is she'd put her tooth under her pillow and I'd put a dollar there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That reminds me one of the moments in your episode, Willa, that kind of choked me up that I found profound is this idea of what comes after the disappointment of finding out the truth. Cause we talk a lot about the reveal of our kids finding out and Oh God, what are we going to do once they find out? But talk about what, what comes after that? Well, I mean, <laughs> yes, that's like the end of the episode. And it was sort of like, it was something I hadn't thought about before I was really thinking about it. But, uh, right, it's like we think of it as this ritual that's about keep, you know, it's like magical and fantastical and it's keeping your kids little and and um, believing. And that's all true. But this moment um, when you realize that the grownups you love most are keeping something from you. I sort of started to think it's like, oh, this is like an incredible test run for like the whole rest of your life and not in a bad way. Right. Like having this moment where you realize your parents have done something um, because they love you so much, but it might not be the thing that you would do. I think that's like like welcome to the future. (laughs) Um, And it's almost like a ritualized 
way to have that conversation, right? Like your daughter coming to you with the evidence, like it's she's going to be coming to you with evidence about lots of things, probably, you know, and it's like and it's like this. It's sort of like it's like one of the first ones, but it's it's about growing up, right? Like that's what losing your teeth is about. And so we think about it as like keeping them little. But I think stopping believing in these sort of magical fictional beings is as really is like as much a part of why they're valuable as all the stuff that came before that seems so much nicer, but, uh, you know, is is actually a fantasy and having to sort of navigate these more complicated why people do the things they do and what they keep from you and what they don't. Um, it's like it seems like a baby step into that that really deep end of being an adult. I think back to to these bubbles bursting when I was a kid. Um, like, do you remember when you found out, Jamila, that that Santa wasn't real? Uh, I do. I was also around 10. Um, I think my best friend had like been trying to tell me and I was just like, whatever. But I had done the math. Like I knew that I was getting presents from both Santa and from mom on Christmas. And so if there was no Santa, would that mean less presents? You know, so I held on (laughs) as long as I possibly could. I used to have a friend saved in my phone as Santa, and I would call him for backup when my daughter was acting out. <laughs> I did this for years. He'd, oh, Naima, you know, I hear you're not behaving well. Is that true? Like, he'd put on, he's a comedian, and he'd put on a whole performance for her until one day, I think Naima FaceTimed him, and he picked up. And I was like, really? <laughs> really? Did she still believe after that? Or was she like... She still believed in Santa. You know, she just didn't believe I had his phone number anymore. (laughs) You see, that's the kind of stuff like, that's right. Like, she was like, I'm going to figure out how this makes sense for me still. Yeah. Yeah. This is actually like, there's, um, I spoke to her for the episode, but I didn't, I didn't end up including her, is that if you email the tooth fairy at Gmail, there is a woman who will respond to you. <laughs> wow. What? Just yeah. the tooth fairy at gmail.com? Yeah. She is in the dental profession. And she basically got a very early Gmail, like her partner got it for her. And she didn't think about, like it wasn't supposed to be because she was the tooth fairy. And then she started getting these emails. She's from India, so she didn't grow up with the tooth fairy. But then she understood exactly what it was. And she, she gets a lot of them. So she doesn't always reply, but she, she responds to a bunch of them. And she gets a lot of like, excuse, you know, like a lot of people will write the tooth fairy to be like, I lost this tooth. Will you still come? Or like, I swallowed mm-hmm. it. Or like, is it mm-hmm. okay? Like par- parents just being like, it's fine. Don't worry. You know? Yeah. We'll send a note. We'll email her. Did, I mean, Willie, you learned a lot uh, about the tooth fairy and, and kind of myth and culture in this episode. Is there is there just one final idea you want to share with us about how we might consider thinking about this uh, weird bespoke tradition? No, I guess I just, like, think it's cool to think about it. Like, it's just a hiding in plain sight, and it's so strange. I mean, teeth are like that in kind of general. There's, like, a lot of weirdness about teeth, um, which I think actually why the person seeking advice, like, that was sort of the premise, was, like, ugh, teeth, which I think we can all understand a little bit. Um, But it's just so, I'm always so delighted when you, like, do stumble on the thing that you just hadn't noticed, and then you notice it, and you're like, What? We're so strange. Like you just, it, it makes you feel like um, like an anthropologist, you know, where <laughs> you're like, oh, we do, we're, wow, culture is crazy. And so is ours. And people do amazing things. And like the tooth fairy is still here. Whoa, cool. 
Well, uh, Refusing My Wings, thanks for writing in. Please keep us posted on what you decide to do. I know a lot of you out there listening have some great traditions, and we'd love to hear them. Drop us a line at momanddad at slate.com or leave us a voicemail at 646-357-9318. And definitely listen to uh, the recent episode of Decodering about this, and you will get a much, much richer understanding of of why we do the things we do as, as a people, as Americans, as parents. But that's our show. Please subscribe, leave us a rating and review, and tell your friends. That really helps us grow our little community. This episode of Mom and Dad Are Fighting is produced by Rosemary Belson and Maura Curry. Alicia Montgomery is VP of Slate Audio. I'm Zach Rosen. And I'm Jamila Lemieux. Thank you for listening. 